You're listening to Blue Collar CEO, the podcast that's all about helping you build a better, more profitable, and more sustainable home service business. Each week, we will cover a different topic that'll help you enable your company to move forward to success. And here's your host, Ryan Redding. What is up, Blue Collar CEOs? It's Ryan. It is great to be back with you today. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the episodes that we've been coming out with. And by the way, if you haven't, you've heard me ask for it before, please take a second. Wherever you're listening right now, please take a moment to leave a review for us wherever you're listening to this show. If you find the show helpful, your review really does help us find more contractors just like you, regardless of their business or industry. And we really want to help as many people as we can to grow their business. So today we're going to be talking with uh, Colleen uh, Keyworth. She is, uh, well, she wears many hats. I'll let her introduce herself in a second. But one of the things that she does really well is she represents women in the trades in a group called Women in HVACR. We're going to be learning about this organization and how you can be a part of the work they're doing. Let's go. All right. I am really glad that we were able to get you on because I know we've had to reschedule a couple times and uh, because you are a crazy busy human being, which is awesome to see. So uh, for Colleen, for those who don't know you or maybe don't know you yet, who are you? What do you do? Ooh, that's always a rough question. All right. Colleen Keyworth, I work my actual paid position as I work for Online Access, a contractor marketing company, um, family-owned business. We do online marketing and uh, honestly, solutions, I would say for wholesalers, manufacturers, but mainly contractors. And so we're a programming house first and foremost. So my other jobs kind of full-time would be, I am the current president of Women in HVACR. I've been involved with the organization for going on nine years. It has been a legacy of love. And then the um, Southeastern Michigan ACA um, board of directors, which is another part-time, you know, uh, gig that I have and kind of um, our own family contracting business. So we have Vincent Seating and Plumbing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> which is our own 62-year-old family contracting business. We're in Port Huron, Michigan. We have about 35 employees and it's kind of crazy. My husband's a tech for uh, the business and uh, my father and uncle split the businesses. So it's all family all the time. Both the marketing company and the contracting company share a building and we're probably outgrowing each other. So we're in the market as it were for new buildings. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot. So honestly, I thought my understanding is you coming on like we're going to be talking about you, but now I kind of feel like you might need some like just family therapy sort yeah. of stuff because that's <laughs> that's a lot to keep really close to the chest. Yeah. I mean, there's there's good things. Everybody that works with family, there's a lot of family business in HVAC. I mean, there it's 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 grown in family. If you think about it, most people don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to be an HVAC unless they're first off born into it, second off stumble into it accidentally and never escape. That's crazy. How I think that the thing that got you on my radar for the first time in a meaningful way was uh, obviously I'm familiar familiar with online access. You guys do great work. But also, uh, it was your role and your leadership in Women in HVACR. Tell me about that journey for you. So Women in HVACR really happened quite by accident for, um, for really me. I had just started, so I didn't really want to be in the family business, as it were. I was just like over it. I got fired from our um, family contracting company when I was in college. Didn't take it seriously. Missed a very important call. Took off. And my uncle very rightly fired me. And I wandered around for a bit, uh, did some odd jobs, did wedding planning for a while, did kayak tours in the Everglades, did all sorts of cool stuff. 
finally came back home and my dad was telling me for a long time, you'd be great at sales. You know, you'd be great at sales. And I was like, ah, my sister worked in the online access business. I did not. And I joined and very shortly after joining online access and doing the startups and stuff, I got to go to a comfort tech with my father. Yeah. That's a name we don't hear anymore. And so Mm, um, (laughs) I went to a comfort tech in Nashville in 20. 15, I believe, or 2014. And I met some ladies who were exhibiting there for Women HVACR, saw their, saw their sparkly lanyards and knew I had to get a shiny lanyard. That is how deep this went. <laughs> you got to band together. You just, that's the thing. <laughs> I know that sounds, everybody's like, oh, that makes you sound so, so superficial. And I was like, well, honestly, it was the sparkly stuff. And I wasn't really, I had just started. And thank God, it happened when it did because I was so heavily immersed in the organization from a very early start. Um, got to meet some amazing ladies who have been in this industry for way longer than me for 30, 40 years who are just like the original badasses as it were. And they kind of brought me along with them. And so I got to make some amazing contacts and networking opportunities and opportunities to go to these shows and, and learn and do, and just really kind of have a breakneck speed of networking. And I know that sounds kind of like, oh, you just met a lot of people. Yeah. Met a lot of people that I learned from that changed the course of my career. Um, Not just making it a family business locally for a marketing company. I was being able to be at the decision-making end of so many different groups and organizations and just meeting people that would affect my career. So yeah, it was kind of baptism by fire. Um, Women HVACR uniquely includes all factors of the industry. So it's not just contractors. It's not just technicians. It's um, wholesalers, uh, manufacturers, it's the CEO, it's the marketing, you know, um, manager, it's the operations manager, it's the CSR, it's everybody. So it's kind of a neat, unique group to meet everybody at the table, not just kind of, oh, not just contractors and not just wholesalers. Because you have the Hardys and the Service World Expos and the EGIA sure. Ashrays of the world, but this kind of gives you the decision makers from all aspects, which is kind of unique. Do you, and I'm just curious because I don't, I don't know. I know there's a lot of organizations like ACA is one of them where they do a lot of advocacy with like government groups, uh, especially like at the local level. Do you, does women in HCR have any role in that sort of uh, relationship or do you pretty much stay with the company, suppliers, vendor sort of relationships within there? So we haven't really gotten into advocacy. So we actually have partners like Hardy and ACA who do a lot with advocacy. And that's something like we haven't really climbed that tree, if you will, yet. There was very many, lots of uh, lots of other aspects that we were offering that we needed to have attention to first. But more recently, we just actually, and I don't know if this counts as advocacy. Um, it's not necessarily for state and regulatory, but on a national level, we just start announced our partnership with um, one of the U- United Nations initiatives for women. Well, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so we, we've been growing like crazy. And one of the neatest things is that we just got invited to join the United Nations and one of their initiatives for women in cooling. And we found out that we're one of, if not the largest women's group in the world, an organized women's group for HVAC. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> so we're not changing our direction or our mission statement away from us and Canada. Cause our membership and our value and our, and everything is for the United States and Canada. But we know that because even though we feel like infants on, on how large we are and what we're doing and how, you know, what our board does um, on a world scale, we're, we're so much more put together than some of the organizations that are just starting out, especially in developing countries. So they've asked us to share what we've done, what we've learned, 
how we operate with other world organizations for women in cooling and to learn from there so we can grow other aspects to make women in cooling more of a common thing in general in other countries like Africa, France, China, um, Australia, UK, uh, the Netherlands, everything. It's been kind of neat. Do you uh, do you find yourself like learning much from other sort of this is a weird question of other like nonprofit organizations who span international lines to see how they structure, how they teach, how they train, how they disseminate the core values like because that's that's leadership and influence at a scale that very few people have a chance to even think about. See, now we're just talking like so learning board governance alone and from a group of women. It's not it's a whole thing. Hard. It's a whole thing. <laughs> We're all tigers. We didn't get there by accident first off. So it's kind of crazy. It's been a it's been a growing, evolving thing for many years. And we've had to check many boxes to kind of become a bigger organization and add more processes, add more policies, that kind of thing. Um, but we also have paid staff now too. But we actually got the opportunity to learn from what a bizarre source, but women in pest control. Women in pest control is like a million some odd dollar organization they have their own you're kidding and stuff and they've been doing this for like kicking butt for years and it just lets me know like how behind we are in hvac like it's kind of crazy but we started learning from some of their organizations and got on calls and said hey what is it you do about this how do you tackle this what happens when you hit this size and you always need to have something to, to kind of aspire to and some mentor somewhere to learn from and that was kind of a unique place to find that because when it comes to our vertical, we're kind of it. And so yeah. you reach out, like you said, to other verticals and learning different things as far as how to grow and how to still be a professional 501c3. That was kind of a, another resource we started using. So That is crazy cool. So uh, you have obviously a very unique sort of background. Obviously, uh, growing up in the trades, growing up uh, like a lot of exposure, obviously, in marketing for the trades, like obviously very like HVAC and HVAC adjacent. To what degree does your background and your family businesses, uh, does that help you? Like, does that help give you a, a leg up to kind of navigating and leveraging your influence in the various domains that you move around in? And in what, in what other ways do you feel like maybe it's a hindrance? It's a struggle. Like, it's harder for you to think outside the box because some of those things have been so institutionalized. So funny story, actually, I kind of have a soapbox on this. I, you know, it's just been, it's been kind of a, a learning curve, if you will. Now I would say being a contractor or having that contracting background definitely gives you um, a, a, a leg up. Cause obviously the nothing gets done no matter what aspect of the industry, unless you have a contractor to literally and a technician to literally install equipment. So at that level, I think that there is a, forgive me for saying so, but there almost seems to be sometimes a caste system, whether we like it or not, um, and whether you're, you're talking about the supply chain. And so I think we're breaking away from that in a lot of, a lot of aspects. But in general, sometimes I would say being a service vendor is kind of like the lowest of the low sometimes in most shows. <laughs> You almost feel like the second class citizen. You get those flags on your badges and you're just not allowed to go anywhere. Like, um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm probably going to get trouble for saying this, but um, it's just one of those things where it depends on what hat I want to don, right? So women HVACR, being involved in women HVACR really opens up doors. Everybody wants to be involved. Everybody's super passionate about it. It's a non-threatening um, initiative that people want to get behind. So as far as coming up to the table and meeting people, having phone calls, having meetings, 
always. No, no, nobody's ever opposed to it, right? Very, very few. Very, very few. Especially now with the diversity inclusion initiatives that are going on, it's been on fire. Um, but like being a vendor, like working for online access and everything like that, there's a lot more resistance because of course, as you know, marketing companies are kind of everywhere. And then even vendors in general, it's like, okay, well, we fund the events, <laughs> but we're only allowed to be for certain times and nobody wants to mix with that. But then contractors at the same time, they seem to be the one everybody's fighting over, especially when you're coming to shows and everything is that people want their attention. And yet we're it's kind of like a, a mixed game. It really depends on what I need to accomplish, but having aspects for all three of those um, has made things a lot easier for me because it allows me to kind of fit where I need to, to learn more, I, I guess is the best way to say that. So, Do you ever, I'm going to ask an awkward question because I know um, part of the reason I like talking to people like you and we've had other really strong, amazing women on our show. I like to think of Cassie Pound at Quality Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, uh, Leslie Harpool at uh, Champion Plumbing in Oklahoma City. Like, uh, we have a, I'm proud that we have a really like strong list of amazing women who are doing awesome things in their space and are helping people kind of talk about it and make, make traction. Do you, do you have stories though of like where maybe because the trades are stereotypically so male dominated that maybe you find adverse resistance if you're wearing one hat? Like for instance, if you're coming wearing a vendor, you have that hat uh, on and you have some resistance or that you have to like change hats to actually make traction. Like you have to put on the women in HVCR to actually have the progress you're looking to make. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, uh, it, it kind of does. So there's this kind of complicated. So predominantly male industry. All right, right. Predominantly male. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. Words I want that to, power. It's changing. It's changing. I don't know. It's changing, but like, I don't think it should ever be like, you know, one balance or the other. Honestly, as far as even women HVACR is concerned, we have some amazing male members, sponsors, supporters, employers, mentors that we can't do anything in HVAC without the support of those amazing men. And I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my dad. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, That's fair. so it's like, no, it's not like, Oh, you know, it's women versus all type of thing. And we don't try to place it that way because it's not a successful aspect. In fact, we get that question quite a bit. Like, you know, why do you have a women's group and there's no men's group? Well, right now the men don't need a group. They're doing kind of fine on their own, aren't they? Right now, we have a women's group to make, you know, retention's probably the biggest thing. First off, recruiting, getting people to come to the table and say, this is an awesome, lucrative option with job security. And the second is retaining them. Women have the lowest retention rates in most jobs. And yet, having a network of people that kind of gets you that, okay, I can get through this challenge. I can stay with this job. I have support network. I have people. I have contacts. And yet, HVAC in general is the most incestuous industry I've ever been in in my life. It's a, it's a good thing though, right? So you never want to burn a bridge because you're always going to see that person in another job at a, maybe across True. the boardroom table somewhere. Because once you know people in this industry, you have a job. You have a job forever. You have a job for life. You know people. And you'll see that time and time again. And so having that strong network also gives you stability. Um, as far as wearing different hats, I probably kind of got, got off on my your question there. I would say in general, it is a very changed industry. My challenges that I have today are not the same as the women who came before me. The women who are my mentors that came before me, who I worked under as the board when I first joined, 
eight years ago, it's not the same. What they what they tell me about what their struggles were, what they tell me what they were seeing, what they even see, saw at shows or what they had happened to them in certain situations is not necessarily the same today. And I think that's something to be first off celebrated is the fact that we have come a long way. You see women in a lot more roles. I would say the technician level is very different than the professional level. The professional level has a lot more openings and a lot more flexibility, still has its challenges, and there's still some biases somewhere, but it's definitely a lot more open forum than it is on the tech level. The tech level still has so many different obstacles that make it a lot more difficult for women in the field. And I feel like that's where we probably need to make more headway. Um, The professional level still has some things, but in general, I feel like we've come a long way than we were even five years ago. Yeah, I think, I mean, the way you you spoke about it was was really well-spoken. I think, maybe to clarify, I think for me... Uh, I don't mean to to create a like false dichotomy of like women versus men. If somebody's listening to the year and they're like maybe um, they maybe they feel like they're they really admire what you're doing. They want to be a part of what you're doing and they want to support. Are there two or three things that somebody could do to join in the mission of women in HVACR? Immediately, the the free thing to do and really just the thing just to kind of keep your ear. Um, you know, as far as what's going on and being able to be kind of involved from a, even just getting your toe wet, if you will, uh, our social media groups on LinkedIn and on Facebook and even following our Instagram page, you can always see what's going on, our local events, announcements. And I would say, even if you're looking for people or you're trying to recruit people, those are great avenues to use. We have one of the oldest and largest collection of female techs online. Our Facebook group for Women in HVACR is probably the largest collection out there. Um, it's kind of a neat sounding board. We get to see what people's trials are, who's hiring. There's always that kind of stuff sharing. We don't do a lot of um, spam promotion in there at all. We keep it very conversational. Or if we have any announcements from the organization, we'll have those or from our sponsors. Um, but in general, it's a kind of a constant discussion board and very well monitored, I would say. But not like like super strict, but very open conversation. Uh, we've had... Uh, the largest collection of female tech photos, which is kind of crazy. And we've had uh, National Geographic, the Discovery Channel, and TED Talks reach out to us for collections of photos. For, for well, That's cool. It's kind of cool. Um, but getting involved, first and foremost, I'd say try the social media. That's free. <laughs> Check out our website. Womeninhvacr.org has all of our happenings and goings on. Everything about what our upcoming events are, our past events, if you want to see what we've done over the years. We have tons and tons of photos on there and pictures and videos and resources. Our YouTube channel has our Friday phone calls. We have a membership call every Friday and you can even look at past phone calls um, and kind of learn from some of those presentations. And we have kind of a a great network, if you will. We have a a membership directory. So if you're interested in joining as a member, it's 149 a year. And that just includes all of our mentorship programs, our, um, our uh, ambassador programs, the online directory, any of our events, discounted events and stuff, and our meet and greets and everything like that. So we kind of keep that all out there, plus our Friday phone calls that we have every weekly. So that's kind of a joining from a membership angle. And then getting involved on the next level, I'd say, is joining a committee, being involved in one of our regionals, um, joining the board, if you're interested. Those are all things that are kind of up that ladder, if you will, of, of being involved and kind of getting getting to know the group. Uh, so it sounds like there's tons of ways where people can kind of dip their toe in regard, like, uh, depending on like their time commitment, availability and interest. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, or maybe if there's someone else at women in HVACR, that would be a better contact. How would they get a hold of who 
uh, to learn more about what they can do for them. So uh, I'm always available for stuff. Uh, my sales kind of, I got on the website or not the website, but it's on the Google, my, my business for the group right now and the contact info. But if you want to write in and get your email to the right place or the right committee, if you go to our website and you go to contact us, it'll bring up a form and you can pick what committee you want to reach out to, whether that's events or scholarships or um, the ambassador program or whatever you're interested in, mentorship maybe. Um, you choose what you're looking for and that goes right to the committee members who are in charge of that committee and then they'll reach out to you from there. Uh, you can also, you know, write us on Facebook or Instagram. I've answered those messages too. And the group does. We have a full-time or a part-time um, administrative assistant um, who actually, or, or board administrator who answers a lot of our incoming emails, even from the info at womeninhvacr.org. So there will always be an answer. We are trying the best we can. The majority of us are volunteer and we all have full-time jobs, um, but we do have what we have now as a paid position and we have a paid bookkeeper, which is leaps and bounds for us, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, but I know those are small baby steps, but it's kind of like the, the workload keeps expanding every year, which is a good problem to have. We just have to be able to grow with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Colleen, I, I know you're crazy busy. You have a lot that you're juggling and you're doing it exceptionally well. Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on here. Um, Colleen Keyworth, women in HVACR.org. Um, yeah, thank you for the great work and also online access. What's the website for online access? Is it online hyphen access? Do I remember that? I wish I could change the name, but I didn't get that decision 20 years ago. It's at HVACwebsites.com. Got it. HVACwebsites.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Really great work. Best of luck to you. Keep, keep doing awesome stuff. Thank you, Ryan. This episode was hosted by Ryan Redding, author of the book on digital marketing for plumbing and HVAC contractors. This show also includes much help from Shelby Nichols. You can subscribe to Blue Collar CEO on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us online at bluecollar.ceo and find us on Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. 